I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And unfortunately, a bit of late minute scrambling means I don't have me old buddy. Meow pop! At Ryan Peacock NFL in the studio. It's just myself, it's the little Irishman. So I'll tell you what we'll do. In the Christmas spirit, let's knock this podcast out 10-15 minutes, right? So what we're going to do is, let's talk about some playoff permutations. And also, I'm going to give you some really quick, snappy stuff uh, about the Vikings. You know, this game that's coming up. Stuff to watch out for. And after that, you just can go off, enjoy your Christmas, try make the excuses. You know, try get the missus or the fella to let you watch the Packers on Christmas Eve. Say, listen, I'm wrapping presents for the next give me three hours and then go into the room do a bit of sneaky game pass if they try to get into the room say get get, would you get out i'm trying to wrap this thing it keeps wriggling and moving they might think it's a horse a puppy whatever maybe a child who knows um and just you know whatever excuse that you need to let me know what your excuses are i'm interested to hear so anyway um i'm not gonna go on a rant right but well a little bit what kind of pissed me off this week was is this this really complicated seven part playoff scenario that the Packers will find themselves in uh, if they want to secure a playoff place this Saturday, right? Now, we don't want them to just settle for a wild card. We're just saying that there's a seven-part, everything has to happen, all the dominoes fall, light the candle down the local church and pray to the Virgin Mary because we need these seven things to happen if we secure a playoff place on Saturday. Which is nice. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being comfortable on Saturday saying, right, we've got a playoff place. Regardless, we're there. So let's enjoy ourselves when we go and hit the Lions uh, to try win the NFC North. Right? So we put it out. And here are the myriad of responses. The good ones. Oh, great. Cheers, lads. Thanks. Uh, the other ones are, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. These are the reasons why. And we say thank you to all those people. But then you have some people like us at the start when we read it, like, what? And you're kind of confused by it. And we put out an article because, look, I'm no mathematician when it comes to this stuff. You know, super smart people who are into all this tiebreaker gear, they make a living of it, right? With NFL.com or whatever. So they look into it. So we, we got the information that we had and we tweeted out and gave credit to Ryan Wood um, on PackersNews.com. So head along to PackersNews.com or hit up our Twitter and go down through the last few tweets that we put out at UK Packers and just see what the article is, right? It's a really good article and it explains why. Some of the stuff is counterintuitive, like that we need the Lions to actually beat Dallas and we put that out, people are like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. And then we put out just some AFC games that have to go our way, just AFC. And then we got these people saying, what, what are you talking about? These are mental. You obviously don't know what you're talking about. That's AFC. We're, we're in the NFC. We're going for the NFC seat. Look, it's all to do with strength of schedule. And what I'll do is, is I'll try muddle my way probably foolishly through uh, some this seven-step process, right? Um, and explain it to you as why it's important that some teams win, some teams lose, even if they're not in the NFC, okay? So we put it out on Instagram and the amount of young lads getting back on, oh, you idiots, right? Now, I half think it's because... We are the UK and Irish Packers, and it's just this blanket assumption that, oh, if you're not from America, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then we ha- I had to keep getting back to them and say, just read the article. Have you read this article? And then he get back, yeah, yeah. And then someone would get back and say, yeah, mate, that, that doesn't matter. Don't listen to that. Just go on to NFL. Like, and we're like, lads, 
it does matter. Jesus, have you read the article? And then he'd get back to that and go, yeah, it doesn't matter. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, if you just read the article, if you read the article and explain it all, can you take two seconds? But we are in that post-facts era, the Trumpian era, Brexit, where facts don't really matter. No one gives a crap about facts. They just want to go and have an opinion, have no backup for it and go, yeah, this is so feel. Jesus, do a bit of damn research. That's why these young people, they've gone away from wanting to be doctors and vets and all this stuff and want to be reality stars and, I don't know, getting onto the casting couch. I'll say no more. Anyway, let me go through this playoff scenario from PackersNews.com by Ryan Wood. Not taking any credit. Not going to go on like I'm that smart. So, seven steps to us making the playoffs on Saturday. Ideally, we win out, win the, the division, and who cares? But this is on Saturday. This is what we can do. The Packers need to beat Minnesota. Tampa Bay need to lose at New Orleans. Washington need to lose at Chicago. Atlanta need to beat Carolina. Denver need to beat Kansas City. Number six, Detroit need to win at Dallas. We'll explain it in a second. And Houston need to beat the Bengals. Okay? Now, the obvious one. Number one, Packers need to beat the Vikings. Uh, We need to win games to get into the playoffs. I'll leave that one there. Number two, Tampa Bay need to lose at New Orleans. So the Packers currently are the sixth seed. Uh, But some, some websites, I believe ESPN have the books as having the sixth seed over the Packers it's not true the Packers have it over the books at the moment and that's because it goes by this thing strength of schedule right which is the fifth wildcard tiebreaker it's because the Packers and the books have an identical conference record and they have the same record against common opponents bear with me right so if they've identical strength of victories the Packers need the books to lose at New Orleans because if they lose to the Saints then they can finish no better than 9-7. and seven. And the Packers, if they beat the Vikes, can finish no worse than 9-7. and seven. So if they both end up 9-7, and seven, but Tampa Bay lose to the Saints, we have a better strength of schedule record, and we edge the books only slightly, even though we have almost an identical record, and get a playoff spot. This is on Saturday, okay? Next, Washington have to lose to Chicago. It's because we got waxed by Washington... So we need the Bears to beat Washington because the Redskins tie against Cincinnati make it unlikely that we're going to finish with the same record then, right? So Washington did hold the sixth seed until they lost on Monday night against Carolina and they got blown out. And that means that if Washington lose to the Bears, they can't finish better than 8-7-1. and one. And if we beat the Vikes, we would end no worse than 9-7, and seven, so we beat them. So that's scenario number three out the way. Bear with me, okay? So now we need the Atlanta Falcons to beat Carolina because if the Bucks and the Redskins lose this weekend, the Packers need the Falcons to win because the Falcons waxed Green Bay in late October. So if the Falcons were to lose to Carolina, the Bucks would still have a chance to win the NFC South, right? Entering week 17. So then if the Bucks were to win the NFC South, then we come up against the Falcons for the wildcard spot. And if they have an identical record as the Packers, well, then they edge us out of the wildcard spot uh, because they bet us. So we don't want that to happen. On we go. Number four, we need Denver to beat Kansas. Uh, so the Bucks bet Kansas, who are 10-4. and four. So if the Chiefs lose 
on Christmas Day, raging for them to the Broncos. Uh, it hits against the book strength of victory record, uh, which again counts for the Packers tiebreaker. So if Kansas lose to Denver, they're not as good a team with the strength of victory. And then the Packers will edge the books when it comes to the tiebreaker. Now, here's the one that we got a lot of heat for. Detroit have to win at Dallas. Everyone's saying that, no, we need Detroit to lose. It doesn't matter if Detroit lose or win. Because it all comes down for the conference, the game at the end of the season. Now, we have to win, obviously. And if Detroit were to win, it comes down to the last game of the season. If we win and they lose, it still comes down to the last game of the season. So it doesn't matter. So if Detroit beat Dallas... Well, that helps the Packers because the Packers have already bet the Lions. So that would, you know, that benefits us when we go into sort of that um, strength of schedule. So it boosts their strength of victory. And when it comes to deciding the tiebreaker, again, it's all about the books. The tiebreaker with the Buccaneers. And if we finish with the same record, if Detroit beat Dallas, that means Detroit obviously are go up in the strength of victory rankings. And because we've bet Detroit... Well, then that means that we edge the books out again. And finally, if the Texans beat Cincinnati. So it's the same as the Lions beating uh, the Cowboys. The Packers bet the Texans. And if the Texans beat the Bengals, it increases their strength to victory. So the Packers need a Lions and a Texans win to fully clinch a playoff spot. According to this newfangled um, playoff predictor and whatever genius out there that looked into it. That's the seven scenarios. All seven of them have to happen this uh, weekend and we're not going to know I believe till whatever it is Monday uh, whether that will happen but that they're all the seven things that need to happen so everybody out there talking trash about oh we don't know what we're talking about I've explained it right you might need to go back rewind it and listen to it again but just know we need seven things to happen Packers beat the Vikes New Orleans beat the Bucks uh, Chicago beat the Redskins Atlanta beat Carolina Denver beat Kansas Detroit beat the Cowboys and the Texans beat the Bengals, right? Now, uh, Sam Box, one of the followers out there, he went on and looked to see what the ACA would be if he was to bet on all of those, in, you know, sort of outcomes to happen. And it's 168 to 1. So not a million to 1, but 168 to 1. And let's face it, probably not going to happen, right? So Detroit beating Dallas, we don't expect that to happen. And as a Packers fan, you're never going to show for the Lions. And again, the Bears beating the Redskins, uh, don't think so. Now, the Redskins have kind of dropped off a bit uh, when they got waxed by Carolina, but Carolina are kind of coming back and doing pretty well, which almost makes Atlanta beating Carolina not as as clear. Okay, And then Texans have to beat the Bengals as well. Look, and all the podcasts have been saying it. Basically, all we need to happen is, is that we need to win out. You know, we need, we need to go into this game against the Vikes, wax the Vikes, and then beat the Lions for the last game of the season. But what a great position are we in? I mean, the fact that, look, look we, all, we need these dominoes to fall into the place. But what a brilliant position we were in. Four games ago, they were talking about sacking the coaches and Bench and Rodgers. Now we're talking about... No, we weren't saying that. Um, but now, it's, now we're talking about getting into the playoffs for sure. And that can happen on Saturday before the season's even done. So it's a nice thing to happen. But listen, don't want you to get fed up in me voice here, little Irishman. So what I'll do is... I just picked out some stuff um, about this Vikings-Packers games to look out for. Uh, look out for them in the game. Then I'm going to go. I'm going to sneak out the door because tomorrow I've got to get some of my Christmas shopping done. Yes, I've left it late, but don't judge me, all right? I've got a small baby and my job's very busy. But anyway, um, this team that we're facing now, the Vikes, are not the same team that we faced in Week 2. If you think back, right, Sam Bradford 
had like the game of his, I think he had the game of his career. He had a crazy, you know, yards per attempt uh, back in week two. They looked explosive. Stefan Diggs was dynamite. Adrian Peterson, we knocked him out of the game. Our run defense was amazing. And some things have changed, some things haven't. Now, the Vikings, as of late, do not have that big playability. They're a dink and dunk offense, and that's what we have to come up against. Now, funnily enough, uh, the Packers tend to get burned on short yardage, where we kind of said it in the last game against the Bears, where we nearly lost it. It kind of comes down sometimes to, we lay off, we, 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 you know, stand off the guy, let him catch it, and then try wrap him up. What's important, especially in my opinion in this game, is, if we're going to give them the short yardage, the minute they get the ball, you put them down. You have to tackle straight away. None of this Vince Lombardi, grab, grab, grab. We need to tackle them, put them down immediately. Uh, try limit them uh, and their possessions. Get them off the field and then gobble up all that time then when it comes to airplay. Now, Aaron Rodgers, as we've seen, made that ridiculous uh, play on third and 11. And we need that big playability because... The best indicator as to how the, the Vikings are doing lately is to go back and look at the game against the Colts. So, Andrew Luck burned the Vikings early on big plays. Now, the Packers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers only missed two. He had, he only had two incompletions on throws uh, within 19 yards of the line of scrimmage, right? Which is brilliant, and he's consistent. And we have, and I'll talk about him in a second, he's a key to the game, which is Ty Montgomery. Uh, we're great at getting yards after contact, yards after catch. And that's what we need to do here. We need to be elusive. We need to make those big plays. And what we need to do is we need to eliminate the effectiveness of a dink and dunk offense and of a running offense. And how you do that is, is that you score early, you score quick. And you get you put up those points on the board, which means they can't run the ball. Now, Adrian Peterson was completely ineffective against the Colts. But that was mostly because the Colts put up a massive lead early. So what we need to do is, is we need to do just that. Adrian Peterson had six carries and a fumble against the Colts. And we need to make him as ineffective. There's rumors that he won't even play, okay? And the other running back is pretty useless. So what we need to do is score big, take away the a run game. And then if Sam Bradford can only dink and dunk down the field, that's not going to get him out of trouble because hopefully our D will stand up. And with the dink and dunk stuff, I mean, you're zapping up a whole lot of time and they have big time of possession, but it comes down that they don't have many yards for it because Sam Bradford is averaging less than 10 yards per attempt, you know? So that's what we need to do is limit them to that. And it's kind of like when Barcelona go down and they do their little tiki-taka stuff and they can't get out of it because they don't have that big play Real Madrid ability where they punt the ball down long, Ronaldo Bale runs onto it, smashes it in the net. Uh, Barcelona, you know, not as much as late, but they have to defend on that sort of little tiki-taka and it's they're just frantically passing the ball to each other. And that's, that's similar to the way that we limit the Vikings. So let me pick out some keys here. There's been a lot said about, you know, Harrison Smith not playing and he's one of the best in the league. And that's true, you know, but they have some dynamite safeties there. But they have Terrence Newman, right? Now, this guy's 38 years of age, cornerback. He's averaged only 4.19 yards per target, which is the best of any cornerback in the NFL. And this guy's a granddad, right? To put that into perspective, so he only allows four yards per target. The worst quarterback in the league still gets 5.5 yards per play. So even the worst quarterback, he effectively makes you worse than the worst quarterback when you throw at him. And, and that's pretty, you know, exceptional. 
because there's been a lot said about you know the other defensive player on the Vikings but Terrence Newman should have been a pro bowler for sure and he isn't so watch out for him the main thing I want to talk about here is Ty Montgomery 16 carries for 162 yards versus the Bears this guy's ridiculous so coming out of Stanford he'd been doing the same thing so an awful lot of people are looking at this guy saying he was drafted as a wide receiver he should have been a wide receiver they discovered him as a running back and he's become a good running back by accident it's not true Sam Monson has been of pro football focus has been going on about this guy uh for you know since his college days saying uh you know he's not really a wide receiver he's an excellent running back and he's done really really well Montgomery has been making defenders miss since he was with Stanford, right, since his college days. He was the fourth best receiver for missed tackles in college. It's because when he catches the ball, he's incredibly elusive. Now, to put that into perspective, he'd 45 less receptions than the next best wide receiver. So with way lower production, he was able to get that yards after, after the catch and now as a running back i mean when he when he gets brought into contact he's able to bounce around you know break those tackles and get a ridiculous amount of yards after contact if we look at when he gets five rushes or more in a game he averages over seven yards per carry and even sicker than that is that six yards of the seven yards per carry are after contact six out of the seven goddamn yards after contact i mean that's that's ridiculous so he's this freakish running back wide receiver hybrid now. I mean, if you look at the guy's height at six foot, he's 220 pounds. He is your quintessential running back. You know, he's a tall, stocky kind of guy. And just the way he cuts around in the line, he's elusive. He's not as direct as Kristen Michael. And that's why we were sort of saying in the last podcast that he really gets it done. If you look at this guy, like 9.8 yards per attempt after contact is what he's averaging in the Bears game. He led all running backs that week. That's like that's absolutely sick numbers. So that comes down to air offense and Terrence Newman on their defense, someone to look out for. The next thing that I'll pick out for, and I've kind of hit it on, our, on it already, Sam Bradford has struggled all season. I think even when we faced him, they were still the 31st, I don't know if you can call him the best, worst offense. Um, he's a dink and dunk offense how he tries to, his offensive line is crap so what he tries to do is is he tries to overcome that offensive line by getting the ball out fast because you get the ball out fast you don't give enough time for your receivers to go vertical down the field so they don't make the big plays so all we have to do is is if we put up the big lead like i said keep them with their dink and dunk stuff uh try cut them off try cut the routes off maybe get an interception or two because when he tries to make the big plays as well he's prone to throwing picks so that's what we need to do for him. And as I said, Adrian Peterson, I mean, six carries and a fumble in his last game. You know, and Andrew Luck in the last game, like I said, was making those big plays from the start. Now, whether we're in, we definitely have the ability to be that big play offense. And I think you see an awful lot more of Devontae Adams this week. He had two bad drops and the poor dude, I mean, he's been explosive all season i think he's around 40 50 yards off a thousand yard season which i think is his first i don't think he's had that he, you know he got stick last year two years ago he was only coming into it he wasn't going to get that type of production or trust from aaron Rodgers. he's nearly over a thousand yards this season and hopefully he'll get it in this upcoming game and certainly by the end of the season 
which is an amazing achievement for a guy who was effectively written off last season but he had an injury and what I liked about the game against the Bears even though he had those two bad drops he was kicking pylons he was throwing his helmet around he was tweeting after the game saying it wasn't good enough he was being interviewed by reporters saying you know this is rubbish I shouldn't be doing this you know he's harder on himself than anybody else and after he made that drop he had a 17 yard completion from Aaron Rodgers so we put it out on Twitter at the time Every, all, of, all of the Twitterverse just might be losing faith in him because of this game or whatever you have to bear in mind that it's incredibly cold you're gonna drop the ball it's human error but also Aaron Rodgers trusts in that guy so that means that we trust in that guy you know like I was looking to get a jersey to stick up a signed jersey um, in the podcast studio here I've got Jordy Nelson signed stuff a man green signed stuff Jerry Kramer Bobby Dylan, you know the one-eyed uh, legend who has most interceptions in Packers history I have all this cool signed stuff and one of the jerseys that I wanted to get was a Devontae Adams jersey because he's a big time player and I, I feel that he's got a great future in Green Bay. So, you know, he's going he's gonna to pay it forward now in the next two games. You better believe it because he said even sitting in tape study that it just really got to him, you know, looking at those drops. He said that he's burning his wide receiver gloves. So expect him to have a big game. Of course, we've we've Jordy doing his, his tiptoe stuff on the sideline. We've Randall Cobb in the slot. So this is going to be a good game against the Vikes. I predict the win. Uh, all of that stuff with the seven-part playoff uh, permutations isn't going to happen. That's going to let us down. So we're going to go in now to the final game against the Lions. Hopefully going to wax those, get the division, and we'll be into the playoffs. But listen, that's enough of my voice. That's enough of the podcast. Uh, Ryan couldn't be here last minute. There was a bit of scrambling. So hopefully you've you've you know bared with me. Uh, it's been great guys to be able to give you these podcasts to record there's a lot of work goes into them uh, a lot of editing goes in a lot of late nights for me sitting up till three four in the morning uh you know getting a few night feeds in but it's been great to talk to you guys keep the tweets coming in keep the reviews coming in on itunes we'll keep this truck moving and happy christmas to you and yours we'll see how it sort of falls uh when the next podcast is and we'll have me old buddy me old pal ryan but from everybody here at UK Packers, from myself at NFL on Twitter, at Ryan Peacock NFL on Twitter, happy Christmas and we'll see you before the new year. Goodbye.